This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host. I'm joined by Richard Blackaby. The n- uh, n- none other. None other. <laughs> the man himself. You know, we have, uh, we've we've spoken uh, before about uh, being a person of influence. This is a, a leadership podcast, and uh, we talk about leadership, obviously. And uh, today, we want to talk a little bit about um Building your influence, building your trust. Um, why is it that uh, you know some people are are always the go-to? Like, why is it that you always would rely on a certain individual versus another individual? And we've talked about this a few weeks ago uh, on becoming a person of influence, mm-hmm. uh, and so this is a bit of a, a continuation of that conversation, um, and and really about building trust. Um, so that you you do have that influence uh, eventually. Uh, so Richard, can you maybe lay out for us some ways that people can uh, not only increase their influence, but uh, I, I, w- I guess I would say a prerequisite to that would be um, building that trust with people to begin with. Yeah, I, you know, several things have just caused me to be thinking about this. Uh, one is certainly with the crisis going on right now with the coronavirus, uh, so many people have opinions, so many people yeah. want to speak to, to it. And, uh, uh, there's lots of opinions floating out there. Sure. But, uh, why is it that some people, when they speak, everybody stops and listens? Why is it that when some people give advice, uh, everybody starts to follow that other people talk and talk and talk and, uh, no one takes them seriously. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, about a week ago, I, I had the opportunity to be over in, uh, uh Belgium for several days. And one of the uh, things I did was uh, to go and meet with a uh, commanding officer of one of the, the uh, NATO bases over there. And he's a colonel. And uh, I had an appointment at nine o'clock to meet with him. And uh, I'm so I'm ushered in uh, with a couple of my colleagues and uh, we're in the uh, boardroom waiting for the colonel. Uh, he's got uh, all kinds of concerns, coronavirus and various things are happening around his base and country. And um, and I'm thinking to myself while I'm waiting there, why, why would this busy Colonel take time to talk to us? Uh, he's a busy guy. He's got lots of people, lots of, uh, calls to make, uh, lots of places to be. Um, and, and, and so you, I think a great question to ask yourself is, so why would a person listen to me? What would a person get from talking to me? Hmm. Uh, and, uh, I think it's, it's a good question to ask because, Every time you speak up in a meeting, you need to ask yourself, is this, a, is this contributing to people's well-being yeah. <laughs> or is this a waste of people's time? I want to be the kind of person that when I speak, people listen, people benefit, people's lives are made better because of the influence I have on them. Uh, and so I, I would say, let me give you a list of seven things that I think, uh, certainly the list could be longer, but uh, if you're someone, and, and we, we appreciate uh, certainly a lot of the younger leaders that uh, listen to this podcast, and you may be thinking to yourself, I want to, I don't know that I'm that kind of leader yet, but I'd like to be right. one day where when I speak, my kids take me seriously, uh, my colleagues do, my customers do. Uh, and so here's several things that you can do. One is just uh, develop the habit of doing what you say. If you tell someone you're going to do something, 
just be known as someone who's going to do it. Mm. If you say, I'll call you next Tuesday, be sure you call next Tuesday. Yeah. If you say, I'll send you that report, uh, or hey, we, you, you, what we do though, we tend to oftentimes, we say things we don't, we're not serious about. Yeah. Uh, hey, we'll have to get together soon. But then a year goes by yeah. and you never... We don't have to get together. Yeah, it's, and I've had people say this to me all the time, though. They'll say, Richard, I really want you to come and speak at uh, my church or in this, this meeting or this place. And then two years goes by. And it's like, well, obviously he didn't really mean that. Yeah. Uh, there's no point in me pulling out my calendar when he says that because mm. uh, he doesn't really mean that. Um, and so, you know, doing what you say, uh, and I, I, I can harp on this a little bit, but... Uh, Sometimes that even just means keeping, being on time for, if you said, I'll meet you at uh, eight o'clock, uh, for breakfast, don't waltz in at eight fifteen. You said eight. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and a lot of people are flipping about that to say, well, that was in the ballpark or I, I hit traffic or I couldn't find my cell phone this morning as I was going out the door and, uh, whatever. Uh, but the fact is you said you do one thing and you did another. Now, if you just consistently do, and in a lot of times you can say, yeah, but that doesn't really matter. That wasn't important. Well, the fact is, uh, at some point people have got to decide, well, yeah, he said 10 things that weren't all that important and all 10 he didn't do. So yeah. when he, now he says something important, I've just had my trust in him eroded. Uh, can I believe him with that big thing if he's not even serious about the small things? Yeah. Uh, you know, I wonder too, if, uh, you know, because I, I know I've been guilty of this before, no. of saying, uh, <laughs> well, being late, one, uh, but also, um, you know, saying to someone, oh, yeah, let, you know, we should uh, do X, Y, and Z or, or whatever. And I wonder, and, and this is not to excuse that, but I, I just wonder if sometimes there's this need to sort of be polite or sort of fill that space with, you know, just, yeah. you want to show your appreciation for a person and and maybe the only thing that comes to mind is like oh well you know we should do this but yeah you know, I, I don't know if that's a right. like a and cultural thing even that, well, that it, it is sometimes and i think you need to be careful yeah. about it because whole cultures can develop that don't say what they mean yeah. 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 You know, I, I remember when I first moved to the South and, uh, my in-laws came to visit from Canada and, uh, my father-in-law, he was a card. He was a funny guy, but, uh, he came back uh, one day after going to the store and he said, uh, well, we're gonna have to come back again uh, pretty soon to visit you again. I said, why is that? He said, because every store we go to, they always say, y'all come back and see us. <laughs> and he said, uh, we've got all these uh, social engagements. We have. <laughs> I said, I said, you know, to my father-in-law, hey, you got to learn around here. They don't mean that when they say yeah. that. Um, and, I, and I think to say all that is to say, maybe just think about the choice of words that you use yeah. if you want to show appreciation yeah. to someone or if you're trying to be nice or and courteous. I, and don't. I think uh, sometimes leaders feel like you need to just speak boldly. Uh, let's talk big. You know, they, no one's going to take me seriously if I just have small goals. So uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk big about what we'll do. But uh, but but it's impossible. You, you, you can't meet that deadline. You can't yeah. do all of that work in this time. Uh, and so say what you mean. If you don't really, if you know that that's probably not possible, uh, then don't say it. Just yeah. say, and, and become known as, so what happens is if you always do what you say, 
then when you do say something, people are going to take you seriously because they right. know that that's money in the bank. Yeah. He never said, Sam never says anything unless it, it is going to be so. He just said that. So I, I'm going to count on that now. Uh, th- there's other people that they have no idea. He, he said it, but I've got no confidence it's going to happen. So, you know, number one, if you want to just have people sit up and listen, when you speak, just make sure you do what you say. Yeah. And, uh, and people will take that seriously. And kind of, I, I've touched on it, but a second thing is just don't exaggerate. Don't say more than you're ready to deliver. Uh, and, and boy, I tell you, a lot of people, preachers especially, uh, can be terrible about exaggerating. Um, yeah. uh, and, uh, it, and, and sometimes they do it for the best of motives. Well, it just made the sermon better. <laughs> it's, uh, it made God look better. Uh, it, you know, it, it made the church look better. It made me look better. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is it's, it's not, entirely true. And, uh, and so I've, I've seen a lot of people that it was almost as if they just knew whatever he says, just divide by half. Yeah. Uh, because it won't be that quick. It, 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 there were not that many people. It was not, it wasn't as good as he says it was. And the problem is if, if every time you say something, people are, our minds are racing to try to figure out exactly uh, how much less actually happened than what they're saying. Uh, then again, you're losing yeah. impact. And so be no, I mean, you have to be strict right down to the third decimal point of <laughs> to make sure you're highly accurate. Um, but basically don't, if you have to exaggerate to impress people, uh, then go out and do more first <laughs> until you got something that's actually impressive, but uh, don't exaggerate and say things that aren't true. Um, a third thing I would say is, uh, act more than speak. A lot of people are great at talking. They're not nearly as good at doing, yeah. uh, and people can talk all day long about what they intend to do, what they would like to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, that hasn't changed anything. Right. Uh, be the kind of person that doesn't do a, a lot of talking. They just do a lot of doing. They get out there and they do. And, and we, we've touched on this before, but you can't be doing and talking at the same time. Yeah. And so at I know I can't, <laughs> yeah. maybe I, some I, people are better multitaskers uh, than me, but so, you know, I think sometimes you got to just say, Hey, listen, I, uh, right now it's, I, I'm hoping to get this done by next Tuesday, but I got to go because I've got to get it done by next Tuesday now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and so I know some people that they want to impress you with what they intend to do. That means mm-hmm. nothing. I, I remember being in a meeting one time with uh, a publishing company and they I had a book that was going to be released with them. And so they began to tell me all the things that uh, the, their marketing department could do. And I finally stopped them and said, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really care what you can do. I want to know what you are going to do for this, <laughs> this book right here. Are you going to do that, that you just said for this? Well, then they were all, well, we don't know yet. We haven't decided yet. I said, well, then don't waste my time telling me what you could do. I want to know what you are going to do. So um, be known as a person of action, not a person of talk. Uh, mm. when, when, especially when a crisis comes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want someone to talk about the crisis. I want someone to take action about the crisis. And uh, so in times where people really need leadership, they're going to look for uh, people of action, not people of verbiage. Mm. Uh, and so be known that way. Speak less, do more. That's a that's a that's a good one, and I think uh, a lot. They're all good, uh, Sam. But <laughs> well, well, on that note, I think we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Living out of the overflow is a six-week online Bible study based on the popular book by Dr. Richard Blackaby. 
The online class is facilitated by the Blackaby team and features new teaching videos, an online discussion forum, and a live stream Q&A with Dr. Richard Blackaby. Register at blackaby.org slash online classes. Email online classes at blackaby.org to find out more about group rates and private classes for your church or small group. If you like what we're doing and would like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Even a little bit will go a long way toward keeping this podcast going for the months and years to come. To support this podcast, click on the link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for our wonderful community of listeners. Well, Richard, what other great, <laughs> what other great uh, recommendations do you have for us as as uh, we uh, as we move on here? Well, uh, a fourth well, one. We know I, they're all good. Yeah, they're all good. Thanks for pointing that out, Sam. Yeah. Well, I just I just I want people to know that. <laughs> yes, and our fourth good thing to say. <laughs> one other good thing uh, is uh, don't make excuses. I'll tell you what. Uh, there's just few things that drive me more crazy as a boss than someone having always having excuses for why they didn't do what they said they were going to do. Mm. Uh, their job was to solve this problem, and they come back and tell me why the problem's not solved yet. But well, it's never it's, their fault. Yeah, uh, They just had these issues come up. It cost more than they thought. Uh, Somebody global didn't, pandemic. Global pandemic. Uh, lots of reasons. And, uh, and I've known lots of people... Um, I could tell you about pastors that uh, were hired to help turn a church around that was aging and declining. Ten years later, they're older and more declined than they were when they hired them. And they'll explain about why it, this American culture is the way it is, why the economy is hurt, why uh, this church has just always had problems. But the fact is, their leadership failed to, to hmm. address the problem. Yeah, It's a leadership failure. Uh and I've had people when they come in and I expected one thing and they're all they have are excuses. I'll just stop them and say, just, I don't want the excuses. Just tell me, is yeah. it done or not? Did you fix it or not? If not, then let's not talk about it. Just get out there and get it done. Uh, but, uh, if you're the kind of person that every time it comes around to you to report in and you begin with a list of excuses, don't expect to be a person of influence. People just don't respect and trust uh, people that always have an excuse for mm -hmm. why they didn't get the job done. Uh, just stop yourself. Uh, and uh, and I know we always, and sometimes we may have good excuses. Yeah. Just uh, But just stop yourself from going down the excuse lane of every time it comes to you starting off with two or three excuses. You know, and I think that goes back to the earlier point of you know, not embellishing. And so if you over, yeah. over promise and under deliver, uh, then that, that, yeah. that'll sink your reputation pretty quickly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if you, if you don't over uh, commit, you'll probably have to use less excuses, you know, you'll, yeah. you'll cause you're going to get more done. Yeah. Uh, so don't make excuses. A fifth thing is, uh, build people up. Don't, don't, uh, bring them down. And if you, especially if you work on a team, uh, there's a lot of folks that are great at criticizing other people's ideas. They're not as good at coming up with good ideas themselves. Mm. Uh, and I've been around team meetings where some people just sort of felt that they were the resident expert and what was wrong with everybody else. Well, I'm just playing dev devil's advocate here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the fact is, if you're that kind of person, uh, that when, when there's a crisis, trust me, everybody's not going to flock to your door. They're not going to all want to nominate you to be in charge of fixing the problem because all you do is find problems. You don't solve problems. Mm. Uh, and be the kind of person that's just upbeat. I'm not saying that you have to agree with what everybody else says, but uh, there are some people who are team players 
who build other people up. And so you, you always want them on your team because they're going to be upbeat. They're going to they're going to help. They're going to pitch in. They're not going to just uh, blame others, uh, criticize others. They're going to just find uh, a contribution that they can make. Uh, and so just be known as that positive kind of person that uh, everybody wants in the room when they're trying to solve a problem because they know that you're going to be supportive, uh, upbeat, positive. Uh, you're going to affirm other people with what they're trying to do. Uh, and if you will affirm other people, then more than likely people will also uh, affirm you and support you. You know, and I would say, too, to to people whose natural tendency is not optimism and upbeatness, uh, then that, I think this one especially, it just takes works, work to really think about, okay, so what in this conversation can I praise or, you know, what about these people on my team can I find that's good? Yeah. Uh, because we so often, I think, lean into our tendencies, for better or worse, and, and a lot of times that's uh, falls on the worst side of things. And, mm-hmm. and I think this one especially, if you are a person that tends to see the negative, then I think this one uh, would, would definitely take work and that conscious effort to say, okay, rather than just leaning into my, my own tendencies here, then you're going to have to go against your own grain to, to yeah. do that. And I've always felt like if you're a naturally negative person, a pessimistic person, you're just going to have a hard time leading. Mm. It's just hard to be a leader and be a negative, pessimistic right. person. Right. Nobody wants to follow a pessimist. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a, a great point. And, uh, and, of course, that just very practically, when you are in a team setting and you're brainstorming and sharing ideas, uh, uh, just get in the habit as best you can of at least beginning by affirming what is good in yeah. someone. You may not agree with everything they said, but find something that you can agree with and be supportive and encouraging, even if uh, you want to keep pushing for maybe a better idea overall. Uh, two last things to say is one, uh, is sixth one is just build a successful track record. Uh, there's just no substitute for a successful track record. If yeah. if you've led three other organizations before the one you're in now and you turn them all around, you made them all better, uh, well, then people are going to give you a certain amount of slack and grace and trust when you come to your next assignment because you've proven that you know what you're doing. You, you've done it. And, and now this is hard for younger leaders because you just haven't had enough life yet right. to, to build a, a very long track record. There's not much track. There's not much track yet, yeah. And so, I mean, th- th- there's some good in that. You're not as worn out as people who've been on the track for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but don't also, also don't get upset when people don't immediately give you the same respect and trust that this 30-year veteran gets uh, right. when for 30 years they've been... Uh, bringing home the bacon uh, in their job, and you kind of figure after 30 years of getting it done, they're probably going to get it done again in the 31st year, whereas you just got hired on, and you may have lots of great ideas, but uh, a great idea is not a substitute for a great accomplishment, Yeah, and some people have accomplished much, and that, that gives credibility. So you can't rush that. All you can do is determine today I'm going to increase my successful track record. Yeah. I'm going to add a few more uh, miles onto the track today by successfully doing today well. And uh, in time, uh, faithfully, day after day, uh, putting in the time, doing your homework, getting the job done, uh, you'll be surprised after a while people just start noticing that, uh, hey, 
uh, we, we hired that guy on. At first, I wasn't sure how he was going to turn out. He seemed a little green and uh, young and inexperienced. But boy, I tell you what, day in and day out, he keeps faithfully getting the job done. Everything yeah. we've asked him to do, he's done it well, and he's done it on time or ahead of time. Uh, that's maybe, maybe it's time we give him some more responsibility. And so um, the sad thing is I've also known people that didn't get the last three jobs done. Uh, the last two things they led died or nosedived. Uh, and so now they've got a new assignment, but based on how they handled the last ones, I'm not that confident they're going to get that, get any better results than the last time. It's hard to overcome a, a negative track record as well, mm. a, a track record of failure. Uh, so try to avoid those if you can, because sometimes it's really hard to get past that stigma of yeah. I really messed up the last time. And so I, I tell you what, you can't blame someone. If you, if you messed up the last two times, then don't get your feelings hurt when people are reluctant to give you a third opportunity. Uh, track records speak volumes. Uh, if I'm looking at a resume, that's the first thing I want to do is look and see, well, I don't care how many jobs they held. I want to know how did they do in those jobs? Right. What results did they get? Uh, I don't care about their education, what, what degree they earned. I want to I know about their track record. Yeah. Uh, and um, whether they just had a little bit of responsibility or much, uh, over time you begin to see uh, trajectories. You get to see patterns. And, uh, and that's what a track record does for you in the positive. The last one I just said is don't pontificate. That is, uh, don't just spend a whole lot of time talking. Uh, again, it's, uh, there, there are people that want to moralize. Uh, they want to chastise everybody for not being more this or more that. And, uh, and sometimes even they've done, they may have done the job, but then they, they want to bask in the glory of getting the job done. Let's just talk about what a great job I did. <laughs> did you see that <laughs> and, job? Uh, and uh, how and how much better I did than everybody else on this team uh, who didn't perform as well. Uh, and I would just say, I'll tell you what, the, the, the people oftentimes that are the most respected are the people that just quietly go about getting the job done. And half the time you wouldn't even know uh, all that they had done if you didn't ask and, and check on them. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, in an organization, of any size, those kind of people are worth gold. Yeah. That uh, they don't need a lot of stroking afterward, a lot of praise, a lot of public thanks. They just get the job done and then they move on to the next assignment. Uh, but some people want a major uh, production every time they've done something or thought something. And, uh, and I just find, again, be action-oriented, not talk-oriented. Yeah. Uh, some people talk too much at the the front end. Some people talk too much at the back end. And I would just say, you know, take a moment and acknowledge, uh, gratitude and, uh, and celebrate and then move on. Uh, and if you'll do that, uh, I'll tell you what, you'll just find people continually coming to you and, uh, wanting to give you more responsibility, wanting to listen to what else do you have to say? What else do you think we should do? And, uh, and I say all this, especially in terms of crisis to say, uh, this is a time when leaders need to step up. This yeah. is a time when leaders need to exert their influence. And this is a time when you discover how uh, much people actually respect you. In times of crisis, if no one's asking you to serve on a committee, no one asks your opinion, no one wants you to take charge of something, 
then that tells you that perhaps the way you've been conducting yourself during normal circumstances has not been building trust and mm. confidence. And mm. so uh, crises are always that testing time. All right, now in, cri- now in times of prosperity, you can almost put anybody in that position and just, just try to make sure you don't get in the way. Uh, but in times of crisis, you, you go to the people you trust most. Mm. And if nobody's going to you, you ought to be convicted by that to say, God, then maybe I'm not handling myself the way I should. Mm. And uh, maybe I need to change some things the way I conduct myself so that the next time people are looking for someone, uh, they'll have more confidence in me because uh, I acted differently than the way I used to. Well, these are all great uh, takeaways, as we've said before. Um, <laughs> great points you have there, Richard. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think now is a great time to just consider consider your own life, consider your own leadership. And uh, I think there there are bits in here that we can all uh, apply uh, to various degrees in our own leadership. And I think as we just our whole focus in this podcast is always taking your leadership to another level. Yeah, uh, wherever your leadership is. Uh, it could always, you could still lead at even a higher level. And so don't be satisfied to lead this year the same at the same level you were leading last year. There's always some adjustments you can make uh, so that this year is the finest year of leadership you've ever had in your life. Richard, we had a, a listener, Anthony, write in a question to us and, and was wondering if we could address um, leadership issues in the military and how do you lead when you don't have... Uh, you sort of that given status of leadership. Uh, he's uh, enlisted uh, in the Air Force. So first of all, thanks for your, your service to our country, yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Um, but uh, for him, what can he do to, to lead as, as an enlisted soldier who doesn't necessarily have a position of authority, uh, but still can show leadership traits or leadership characteristics, yeah. even when he doesn't officially have a leadership capacity? Well, that's a great question. We've we've addressed some of that before, and I just I just want to keep reiterating that uh, you can lead at any level. I mean, right down to the level of just personal self management. You're the boss of you, so you are the boss of at least one person. Right. And uh, if you're not even managing yourself well, then uh, you probably shouldn't be given responsibility for anyone else. Mm-hmm. You may have two or three kids. You know, are you are you managing those well? Uh, so you, you may have just a handful of customers, but do you treat those well? Uh, in the military, obviously, it's very hierarchical. Uh, and if right. you're a private, you, you know, don't, don't get uptight about trying to influence the general because that's probably not going to happen. Um, but can you, but, but I would, the first thing I would do is I'd say, so what is the world in which I function? Who do I influence? Maybe I'm not even their supervisor, but I deal with them every day. Maybe they're just colleagues. Maybe they're customers, uh, or there's someone I just, I deal with on a regular basis. What, what's my interaction with them? Like, do I, am I positive with them? Do I, are they glad to see me come? Do they like doing business with me? Uh, do they like the interaction they have with me? Um, evaluate the influence you are having right now. And, uh, you know, there's lots of examples from history of people that, uh, led at a lower level and then ultimately, uh, because they led at that level, well, they were lifted up. Uh, yeah. we've looked at that before with, uh, Joseph in the Bible, just simply being a good assistant to the jail manager. Yeah. And the next thing you know, words getting back to Pharaoh and he's getting pulled into Pharaoh's court. It's, um, that happens. Uh, we'll be looking in a little bit on the life of uh, Alexander Hamilton 
uh, during the Revolutionary War, he uh, he signed, he starts reading like crazy about the military. He's never been in the military, but he reads about it. And then he goes and volunteers as soon as uh, fighting breaks out uh, to, to lead an artillery uh, group. And uh, they said to him, well, if you're going to do that, you got to go out and at least recruit 30 men to work with you, be in your unit. Well, he does that in like a day, uh, goes out and recruits 30 people to work with him. He just had that force of personality. Mm. And then everybody just comments on the fact that uh, he drilled those 30 men and he built morale and he had high standards and he expected people to respond promptly and to drill and improve and uh, to fight bravely. And when those 30 men marched th- in, uh, in the army, they stood out as, wow, look at that unit. Look how disciplined they are. Look how sh- brightly dressed they all are. Look at how in tune they are with their commander. Now, you know, Alexander, uh, uh, Hamilton is leading about 30 men, but he does it so well and gallantly and efficiently that before long word gets back to George Washington, you need to, get, you need to bring this sharp young man in to be one of your aides. Uh, and the next thing you know, he's uh, the right-hand man to the most powerful guy in the whole army. How did he do that? Well, he led 30 men well. And so yeah. I'd tell, I'd, I would just say in response uh, to, to each person here, don't, you know, don't, don't worry about way up line right now. Just right. L- look around in your world, and everybody has an influence on someone. Just influence those people well. And uh, I think just a simple reality and a, and a principle I've, I've lived by for so many years is, if you're faithful in a little, God gives you more. Right. And so every day, ask yourself the question, am I being faithful with the little that God has given me? And if you keep on doing that, the spiritual principle is at some point, God's going to give you more. And so everyone has some level of influence, even if it's just influencing themselves. Uh, and so do that well today. And, uh, and don't worry about what three or four different levels up from you is uh, is doing today mm. just to do your responsibility well and that tends to lead to more open doors in the days to come well that's a good word and uh again if if you guys have any more questions yeah, yeah. Uh, we love answering we're, these. we're thrilled that people listen in and it generates questions we're glad to answer them yeah it's podcast at blackv.org you can uh email us your questions until next time uh you guys be safe and we'll see you next week all right Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.